0: Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: We welcome you into another hour of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Here from Las Vegas Circus Sportsbook Studios, with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Big thanks to our whole crew as well. Elliot Bauman, our producer behind the glass. We got Dakota, Kavish Martin there, technical director John Brown in the house. Nick, who requests we don't say his last name, we call him <laughs> Nick W. On uh, on audio as well today, a lot to get to this hour. Samantha Previtt from Action Network going to join us, talk all things NFL, as we'll have her on in about a half hour here on the show. Uh, Some college football discussion there with Jeff. I know you're uh, you're ready to go here, just a couple weeks away from the college football season starting. We'll get Jeff's confidence meter going in some of these college football scenarios. Uh, Some more updates, so we'll keep you posted here on all the Major League Baseball and the golf uh, still to come. Uh, But for right now, Jeff, and we'll get your thoughts too, we've got four Major League Baseball games starting here within the next 10 to 15 minutes. A couple of updates, though, on games we've not mentioned here at at all. Recently, Royals have now made it 5-1, by the way, on the Red Sox. Good luck, Boston. So (laughs) that's about to lose three of four to Kansas City, a team with basically no players. I mean... It's it's almost you, like are Eric you,
3: Cosmer wasn't going to save the season
2: <laughs> for the Red Sox. I know, right? Are you are you out completely? Well, I, it's funny. I should. Are you, I was about to say? Are you out on Boston? As I look up, and I believe they just hit a two-run dinger to get it to at least within five-three, uh, and they do. Uh, t- they do. Maybe maybe Barry uh, Cosmer not the savior, but Tommy Pham is, Jeff.
1: Tommy oh Pham. yeah, that's right. They Tommy that Pham. Deal. That made
2: no sense at the deadline too. Hey, Tommy. Uh, Tommy, hey, he's Pham. A good player. Two-run to homer, at least according to my Don Best screen, which is way, way ahead of the actual MLB.com game interface here. So, 5-3 now, top of the seventh. But are you are you out on Boston yes. Jeff, a team yeah, that's four back of the final wild card? They, they Look, they, they, they had that one stretch where they were really good for about a month. Really good for a
3: month. And other than that, they've been mediocre the whole year. And I'm going to lean towards the non-one-month spasm of, of being really good. So I, 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 I'm I out on them. I, I think okay. there's just two. also, too, you're getting to the point where you're the teams that are behind still. Like, forget the three playoff teams. I mean, they're behind Baltimore, who we said earlier. Great story. We'll see the sustainability. Cleveland, who is looked at as, even though they're in the race, pretty average. And then the White Sox who were a monster underachiever. So they're behind all those teams and, on top and, of and it right, still. That's,
2: that's where it becomes tough to say, okay. And for a team, too, and you get a look there at how the Red Sox are just barely hanging on to that AL wildcard race. You think about how all the AL East teams are in the top half of toughest strength of schedule remaining, essentially by virtue of playing each other. It is hard to necessarily find a path forward when you think about where that team is at right now. 54 and 55 in, in danger of dropping to two games there below 500. Speaking of the wild card race, Tampa Bay, who's had a, a pretty good weekend. They've taken... Uh, the first two of three there from Detroit, but locked in a very tight pitching battle. Good start once again today from Drew Rasmussen, who is a near dollar seventy-five to dollar eighty favorite today. But uh, how about the the job by the Tigers? Matt Manning was able to somehow find uh, find a very efficient start. Pulled that out as he uh, he goes in this game. Uh, seven innings, four hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. Jeff, nothing, nothing game there in the top of the ninth inning. And I'm just seeing live. It looks like the Razor, a small dollar forty-five live favorite in that one.
3: Yeah, that that's been one of the weirder series of the weekend. The Rays just have not yeah. played well. They haven't like played well for two you know, three ta- weeks. Ta- you if you we're know, being you honest, know, they, you know, Tampa, Tampa, just not the same as they've been. Uh, they 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 really are just an, a more average version of themselves this year. But yet again, they're still still going to make the playoffs. They only have a plus fifteen run differential too, so I mean, they're they're okay this year. They're just yeah. not they're not no the old. same Tampa that we're used to. Again. We, could be different when Wander Franco comes back, which we expect to see later this month.
2: And a couple pitchers who we're always so used to a deep, deep stable. And JP Fireisen, who's I mean, great name first off, but he's been a really good pitcher. He's been on the shelf for most of this year, and we've seen a number of their other guys go in and out. Uh, Pete Fairbanks, who was crucial to their World Series run a couple years ago in 2020, he's been in and out dealing with injuries basically all year. So you can't. Yeah, but I, I tend to side with you though, Jeff. And it's not like they made any real meaningful moves at the deadline. So. You just wonder with a team like that, kind of in the same vein as Boston, having to play a lot of really tough games here down the stretch, top half as far as toughest strength of schedule remaining. What is the what is the realistic expectation here for a Tampa team that uh, entering today tied for that uh, that second wild card spot right now? If you look at it with Tampa Bay, a couple games back of Toronto, tied with Seattle for the second and then the third. A wild card spots as well a couple games also that are just now underway this was a big old rain delay there on the north side of Chicago Jeff but they are underway in Chicago nothing nothing top of the fourth between the Marlins and the Cubs seeing the live lines off the board right now we just have an in-game total there six and a half juiced under minus 125 uh, the, the best line I think I heard anybody say all week Jeff is when you and I did primetime action and you said uh, the, the the Marlins are just the 2017 Mets at this point which I, I, I really enjoy <laughs> I mean what, they, what they've been the whole year? You have one,
3: one amazing pitcher, and uh, and you don't score for him, even though Alcantara earlier in the week, unbelievable in his outing, his complete game against yeah. Cincinnati, and the correct odds-on favorite to win the NL Cy Young. But again,
2: the more the,
3: Mar- the Marlins are uh, are not close, and the only reason their record is even as good as it is because they've destroyed the Nationals this year, pretty
2: much, pretty much. So nothing, nothing there. I actually just saw that uh, total take down in game to five and a half, a little juiced over. At minus one twenty-five. Only other updates for the games in action right now: Pirates have made it eight-one now on the Orioles. So in the top of the eighth, it does not look like it'll be a sweep there. Well, look for Baltimore. Bright, look so, at Baltimore. Look Bryce Wilson actually with a good start. Yeah. Wow. be guy named B Wilson. You know he was dude. Jeff. Yeah. You know, I mean that's how that, wor- definitely how that works. Definitely how that works in the league this time time So I'm yeah. I'm aware. I'm aware. He what he was this year's version of Jose Lima. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe maybe even a little bit worse. And uh, that was what the 0-1 season I believe where Jose Lima lost like eighteen games. I, but I digress. Uh, and then uh, it is now 5-1, so the White Sox have tacked on more 5-1. White Sox against the Rangers. There, top of the fourth in game total of 11 and a half, juiced under at minus 120. Uh, Jeff, we've got a quartet of games here, either about to start or coming up within the next half hour. Uh, we've we talked about all four of them with Sean Zarrillo here in our last segment. I have a play in Braves-Mets here, which is going to be in a slight rain delay. It looks like about a 20-minute delay. So yeah, 420 not, start. Not anything too, I should too say. significant there at City Field. Any Anything you like for these four about to start here on the card?
3: No, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer clear. The only thing I consider would be taking a shot on a uh, – not going get, getting all the way there on the A's outright, but maybe an A's run line. That would be the only thing. Again, problem is you're betting on a terrible team, and that's essentially a San Francisco Giant home game, even though it's in the East Bay.
2: Even though that is yes, uh, certainly true. And you might you might actually get 10,000 fans of that game. It just might be that 6,000 of them are... They're all 10,000 of them are giant or maybe, fans. Maybe, maybe that as well. One play for me in in this, uh, this upcoming set of games. I did take a first five under with Spencer Strider and the Braves going up against Jacob deGrom and the Mets. I realize this is not going to be groundbreaking analysis, Jeff. Last time I checked, Spencer Strider is a really, really good pitcher. Who is uh, him and Michael Harris? It's been a it's been a fun battle between the two Braves rookies for rookie of the year this season. But Spencer Strider, a guy whose numbers have not tailed off whatsoever as we've gone through this whole stretch, when you strike out well into the double digits per nine, and it's really more for me, Jeff. I wanted to see how Jacob Degrom looked in a in his first start in nearly 400 days, and in short. Uh, Jacob DeGrom looked like Jacob DeGrom in that first start. I mean, when you're going 101 fastball followed by a 95-mile-an-hour slider, all the concerns we might have had about the prolonged rehab, a couple of the starts we looked a little bit shaky at the AAA level. Jacob DeGrom is, to me, Jeff, as long as he is pitching and on the mound, he he is back to his normal self that you come to expect as a Met fan. So, to me, you have a pitcher in DeGrom who, after seeing one start, I have complete and utter confidence in backing him in a start like this against Atlanta. And at the same time, I don't worry at all about Strider, who is, you know, you get to a point in a season like this, can you really quantify a guy as a rookie anymore? I don't think you can with Strider. The guy's pitched over 100 innings. Now, maybe maybe the leash will be a little shorter on him as we go deeper in the season because of the overall innings count and the desire to maybe limit him a little bit just because he hasn't really done this before. This is his second professional season and his first full season at the major league level. But I had no issue, even though this is your your shortest Lowest total on the board, no issue taking, and that's a six and a half or seven full game. No issue taking a first five under here. I laid a dollar twenty-four. Some other books, most books are actually at three with the under plus money there. I would not want to go that low. Just there's just not enough, not enough leeway when you're when you're looking that low on a number. So more of a principal play for me. I just trust these two pitchers to get me through five innings, allowing fewer than uh, fewer than the four runs there.
3: This is a very important game for Atlanta because you already yeah. the Mets have already taken three out of four. If the Mets win today at six and a half, and it's seven in the loss column, assuming the Phillies win, the Braves would actually be three games only ahead of Philadelphia. As wild as that may seem, with the Phillies that's having this, with the Phillies yeah. having this stretch that comes up, where over the next thirty-two games they only play one team over five hundred, and that's seven games with the Mets. Everyone else is under until, or excuse me, thirty-five games until they play Atlanta. On September the 16th, everyone else they play from starting uh, tomorrow, starting Tuesday against Miami. Other than seven against the Mets, everyone else is under. So you're in a scenario where you're with the Braves, where even though it's not like the Braves' schedule is the most difficult thing, you're all of a sudden kind of playing. Oh, wait a second here. We got yep. if we're not going to win in a division and catch the Mets, we got to hold on to the number four seed So we got the three games in our ballpark, and we don't have to go on the road for that wild card series.
2: Yeah. Makes pretty wild in a, in a,
3: pretty wild again that the Phillies are in this thing. Well,
2: when we went into this five game set saying, I mean, the Braves, they've got a chance to be leading the division by the time this is all said and done. And I think the one outcome we didn't even consider, Jeff, and you rightly point out is I mean, the Braves could now all of a sudden be fighting with Philadelphia for for one of the, the wild card positioning spots here, depending on how this goes. You're right, the, the Mets have a chance to take four or five. I don't really look at that when I handicap these pitchers specifically, Jeff. It's, to me, just the quality in general. And, I mean, you've got I a guy mean, in Spencer yeah, two, Strider, two
3: great pitchers, 279
2: yeah. ERA, but a fielding independent pitching of 197. Like, how is it possible that a guy who is, is 23 years old in his rookie season in the major leagues has a 279 ERA and has actually been unlucky this year? I mean, go figure that. Nearly 14 strikeouts per nine which I, last time I checked is pretty Not bad. Pretty, pretty elite there, Not Jeff. Bad. And, uh, Jacob DeGrom, the numbers speak for themselves, was brilliant even in his truncated five-inning start and his return to Major League action last time out. So that's my one play under three and a half in the first five at minus 124. When we return, we'll update the Wyndham Championship. They're into the back nine there in Greensboro, North Carolina, and get some of Jeff's confidence meter. Thoughts on the upcoming college football season as we continue on here on Betting Across America.
0: If you dare.
1: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new
3: podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Games.
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on vSEN, the sports betting network.
2: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, Along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on this trip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So, we welcome you back. It's Betting Across America presented by Bet MGM. Uh, we were just talking, Jeff, about the inability of the Rays to have any consistency or offense, and they finally got some. Two runs, top of the ninth. Yu Chang and Yandy Diaz back to back, bases loaded, walks. So, that's one way. That's sure, to
3: score. that's one way to get runs across.
2: <laughs> I mean, we've seen Balk score run. We saw the Brewers lose on a walk off wild pitch. So, sure, Rays two. Tigers nothing there, still bases loaded. In the uh, Gregory Soto, the guy who does the with the back-to-back bases loaded walks top of the night there in Detroit and Kansas City has added two more against Boston 7-3 Royals in the top of the seventh as the Red Sox season continues to uh, to spiral out of control. Uh, White Sox have an insurance run as well. there in Texas 6-1 White Sox in the bottom of the fourth. The maybe the shock of the afternoon for us here, Jeff, is that Tom Kim actually bogeyed a hole. Whoa. Yeah, bogeyed a hole. Not allowed. Not allowed. He had a 27. <laughs> 27 on the front nine. I can't even imagine. Like, I've shot 30. My best ever. I shot a 36 once, and I couldn't. Like, I was so elated. Tom Kim went eight under on the front nine at, at the Wyndham Championship. Uh, he is now up to a minus 1,200 live betting favorite there at BetMGM. John Hutt, 10-1. to 1. Sungjae Im, 40-1. to 1. Yeah, Disappointing day for Sungjae. Even par through 12. They're, I'm just looking down the board here, Jeff, of the, the guys in the top, of the guys in the top twenty-six, only three players have have failed to go under par so far. Sung J M, one of them, who is was a short shot most of the of the tournament after going seven under, second place in round one, but he is a distant five shots back. Ju Young, Tom Kim, 18 under par, seven under today through twelve holes. John Huh, three back through twelve. Taylor Moore, four back, and then Russell Henley and Sung J M round out your top five uh, each. Tied for fourth at 13, uh, 13 under par. Any? You have any uh, derivatives, no, any action I, I this week? Nope. I didn't
3: bet anything this week. The last week before the playoffs.
2: Yeah, playoffs start next week. I do have the Tom Kim top 20, but this is going to be a sweat. I have JT Post in top 20. He is nine under, tied for 19th in the clubhouse. You so. didn't
3: bet Api Bonrat top 20?
2: I, I, I did not. <laughs> Boy, I didn't even I, realize it was still a the Barnrat, the Barnrat had a great round. Jaffee, yeah, yeah. Barnrat went 65-63 rounds, two and three there, Jeff. Oh, look at that. Uh, so that is a sweat for me. As uh, I got a couple guys on the wrong side here. I'm st- it's, when you start scrolling, Jeff, and you're going down, yeah. Chris- I had Christian Bezadenhout, top 20. He's not going to get there. Six under, tied for 50th. Uh, I don't even know where the <laughs> Mark Hubbard, tied for 64th. So a couple guys uh, I had that did not. Uh, Brian Harmon, same deal, tied for 72nd. So those are my five guys this weekend in the primetime action golf draft. Looks like we're going to go two, two and three. So, you know, we'll break even, but... Not, not, not an amazing golf week, at least. Could, could have been worse. Looks like it will be, though. Tom Kim, your winner there at the Wyndham Championship. Six holes to go. So we're within now, Jeff, a couple weeks here. College football getting underway. Game number one of the season, which will be, uh, as you would expect, across the pond in Ireland. Because, of course, for college football, starting that way. Want to do some confidence meter things, though, with you, Jeff. We've done this in the past on this, this uh, our weekend show here, Betting Across America. Uh, let's start in the Big Ten, where Ohio State... As we've gone through this and done the previews, it it seems to be the general consensus is Ohio State, Alabama, basically in a class of their own, which then raises the follow-up question, so what makes sense from a value perspective how to bet teams like Ohio State and Alabama? If I was to give you the confidence meter here, one to 10, Ohio Ohio State to win the Big Ten, which is currently in the minus 250 range. You see these odds via vsan.com. Plus 350, your second short shot to win the national championship. And then if you want to lay... 255 to make the college football playoff, which if we're being honest, I mean, that's essentially the same bet as, as the Big Ten championship. You could also do over 10 and a half, give yourself a little more insurance there uh, at, uh, at minus 200. What's the confidence level on on those, Jeff, for one of the two teams that appears to be in that top tier of teams heading into this season?
3: Yeah, let's go. The Confidence meter to we'll go one by one here. I'll forget the champ, the actual national champion for a second here. 10 out of 10 to win the Big Ten. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 to make the playoff. 10 out of 10 to go over 10 and a half. You bet these then? It's hard to find a 10 and a half anymore. That is (laughs)
0: true. But
3: they're going to win the Big Ten. Barring something really weird. The one scenario that would be, would be Michigan runs the table or loses once and then beats Ohio State in Columbus. And then they would be in Indianapolis. But even in that scenario, Ohio State would still make the college football playoff. If they're eleven and one. Lose a fluky game to Michigan. They're in the college football playoff. So I actually have a little more confidence in the college football playoff than the Big Ten okay. championship. Just in case if we get some weird thing like that. But they're, I mean, again, they play no road games. On top of being this great team to begin with, they play four road games. As we've discussed plenty of times, Michigan State was competitive for nine seconds last year. No reason to think that won't be those, non-competitive. Those are a again. fun
2: nine yeah. seconds for Spartan.
3: And then the other three, I mean, look, Northwestern Maryland, not in, nowhere near the class. And then Penn State, which I would say is the game that Ohio State would actually be most likely to lose this year because you can get some weird things in in Happy Valley on a whiteout night. So that's, the, I, look, their schedule. Assuming Notre Dame isn't way better than we think and Notre Dame goes there and stuns them week one, which I don't think will happen. This is at worst 11-1 for Ohio State.
2: At worst what I just as far as the week one line there, 14 and a, half. 14 and a half Yeah, still still the case. How do you like that if you're Marcus Freeman? You gotta make your it's a tough go debut at the horseshoe a on go. college game night <laughs> night game. Uh, that's rough. Speaking of Notre Dame, nine in nine days we get the uh, Manti Teo documentary dropping on Netflix. Nine days? Nine days away. Nice.
3: Yeah. That's good. So the
2: Manti Teo can't wait the, for that. Kakua story, essentially. Can't I that, that'll be It'll be a must-watch Netflix, Doc. it to be us. awesome. to be, be great. So much anticipation for that. Uh, how about the other team I just mentioned of the, the perceived two-team tier one ilk here for college football in Alabama who win the SEC last year but do lose in the national championship game there to Georgia. Minus 125 to win the SEC. So largely, you'd have to think, Jeff, because of the presence of Georgia, these odds not as high as Ohio State is. But minus 125 to win the SEC. They are minus 240. To make the college football playoff, your favorites there just sub two to one to win it all, and as we are starting to see now with Ohio State, a lot of eleven and a halfs dotting the market. So, you, if you want to bet the win total, you're you're going to have to probably bet an eleven and a half, which you're essentially betting them to go undefeated in the regular season at plus one ten. Where's your confidence meter at here in the Tide? I like eleven and a half plus one
3: ten. Is not even that juicy of a number to go undefeated. I know. Uh, all right, so. I do expect Alabama to go 12-0, but I don't have the fortitude to bet an 11.5 and, a half and pl- only plus 110. You have no margin for error with that. So not a lot of confidence there. And I don't have the, the mo- utmost confidence in the SEC championship either because we have to just look to the ancient times of last season, Ben. Very where, ancient. Where yes. Georgia was the best team all year and Alabama won the SEC title game against Georgia. So you could get a scenario where Georgia, like, remember, Alabama had to win that game in Atlanta to get in the college football playoff, period. Had to win that game. We could be in a scenario with that with Georgia, even though Georgia's schedule is pretty weak, all things considered, where they need to win that game in Atlanta to make sure they get in the college football playoff, where Alabama steamrolled through everyone 12-0, and doesn't matter if they win the SEC title or not. So a lot less confidence in Ohio State. I would go... I would still go probably above 50% on, on 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 them to win the SEC title for me. Okay. But I just don't have the same confidence. Like, Georgia can beat them. On one Saturday in Atlanta, Georgia can absolutely beat Alabama, where no one in the, in the Big Ten West can possibly beat Ohio State, barring significant injury. And Michigan's not beating them. They're the most likely
2: team, again, right. Penn State, Michigan, the most likely teams to beat Ohio State. It's just not happening. Between... Clemson, Oklahoma, USC, your three favorites in the other Power 5 conferences. Where where is the confidence meter the lowest?
3: Where's the confidence meter the lowest? That's actually a good question there. Because I was actually going to be going for who do I have the most confidence in, and I would go with Oklahoma because I don't really like the rest of that league, even with Venables being a first-time head coach. My least confidence would just be USC because I don't even think they should be favored to win their own division within their own conference. Does
2: it concern you at all that
3: Every, I mean, our VCU college. Football yes, everyone guy. loves Every Utah. Every single yes.
2: person is betting Utah. Yeah, Does that I, concern
3: you at all? Yeah, a little bit, but that they play in Salt Lake City.
2: Those yeah. two teams play
3: in Salt Lake City. Yeah. If they get if that game was in the Coliseum, my my thinking would be different. But play each other at Rice Eccles. That would be a an different amazing, game. Amazing game. Yeah, different, 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 different scenario for that. So I, I would say USC is the least, and I have no confidence. Will Young you're gonna turn the switch on to be good? I, How can we team, possibly think about that?
2: That's a team I still, I still can't believe. Like they're a pick 'em to make the college football playoff just because they're in a conference that appears to the be really, really terrible. Down. Yeah, I'm still not sold on that.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they could go, they away. could go 11 and
2: two. You're not getting in with 11 and two if you're Clemson. 20 days until the start of week zero, Jeff. Northwestern, Nebraska, Northwestern, from Dublin, Ireland. You you're going to, you're going to take 12 with Northwestern.
3: Eh, probably. That is the makings of Nebraska just screwing around and winning by a field goal.
2: That also could be like the you know team I mean look you having teams travel across the across the ocean there. I mean 51 is your total there. Could we see like a 6-3 old true old school big ten game? I don't know. We're going to we're going to transition. Talk to NFL Samantha Pravini joins the show right after this on Betting Across This
0: is Betting Across America on BSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The Vsin College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a Vsin V-CIN All-Access subscriber. Sign up early, and for a discount at $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides, along with full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. A couple of big-time sweats right now on the Major League Baseball card there, uh, Jeff Farrell. If you had under eight in Detroit, Tampa Bay and Detroit, a seven spot in the top of the ninth for the Tampa Bay Rays. So a game that was nothing-nothing is now... Not anymore. It is 7-0 Tampa. So that'll be a sweat going to the uh, bottom of the ninth. And then if you had Cardinals first five today where they really rough up Frankie Montas, 6-4 lead early, they have knocked out, the Yankees have knocked out Adam Wainwright. So it is Chris Stratton, who I didn't realize was still pitching in the Major Leagues, Jeff. 6-4 lead. That was a
3: deadline deal, too. (laughs) It was
2: a deadline deal. Top of the fifth inning, bases loaded and one out. And uh, DJ LeMahieu is up, which means, since he's a leadoff hitter, Chris Stratton will presumably need to get Aaron Judge out wow. if you are a better of St. Louis trying to win this first round. Maybe
3: fight. he'll get LeMayhu to ground into to a double. Wow, look at that. So Stratton actually has gotten Marwin Gonzalez and LeMayhu out with the bases loaded and no one out.
2: So here I'll you take go. take everything back I said about Chris Stratton. So here you go. And now if, you uh, get
3: Judge. Uh, Aaron out. Judge, uh, here's another one of your MVP moments here.
2: MVP moment. We'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll tell you about that uh, in, in a little bit. But right now I want to get... Back into the National Football League. Great to welcome on for the first time to our show here, Betting Across America, Samantha Praviti, who you can find at Samantha. NFL does outstanding work there for the Action Network. So yes, you have to forget about Samantha. We're a live betting show. We're going nuts on all these ridiculous uh, baseball sweats. But we're already here for NFL action. And we were talking a little bit earlier in the show about the NFC South because Matt Rule, the Panthers coach, comes out and is like, yeah, I'm not really ready to make a decision on my, my more important uh, positions there, a.k.a. quarterback here. Um, so what do you make of Carolina? I know you have thoughts on a couple teams in this division, but where do you stand on a Panthers team that's uh, got a whole lot to prove here and you're number three there for Matt Rule?
1: Oh.
4: Well, goodness. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Second, I am a tortured Panthers fan over here. You can see my cap in the back. I actually started like rooting for them when I first got into football, and it was like the glory years for the Panthers. Now, it's been a little bit less good. Obviously, won five games in each of the last three seasons. Uh, Quarterback's been a huge pain point, as you kind of mentioned, still being a pain point. Um, I really think that they're a squarely like 500 ish team right now. So that's why I do like. The over on their win total at six and a half. Um, I mean, their schedule's kind of pretty easy. They get the brown, they get the Browns in week one, then the Giants, the Seahawks, the Lions, of course, the Falcons twice. So I feel like they can squeeze out at least one more win than, than those six games that I mentioned.
3: Samantha, just uh keeping it in the division, we'll, we'll look at some of the award bets that you really like. And uh there's some New Orleans Saints flavor here uh for you, with uh, uh, again, a the eleventh overall pick and Chris Olave in the offensive rookie of the year market and Jameis Winston who's of course coming off significant injury.
4: Yes. So I think that it's interesting because the saints right now are such a black box. And I think that that uncertainty is something that people can capitalize on right now. Jameis Winston being the comeback player of the year at plus five fifty feels like a really good story. Obviously um, ended the season early uh, seven. He played seven games last year due to injury, but he was the QB 14 in points per game last year. Um, he had almost no weapons at his disposal. We haven't seen Michael Thomas since like 2019. Um, now he has Chris Olave, like you mentioned, um, um, a really early pick who I thought honestly had the like possibility of going as the first receiver off the board. I think he's one of the most talented route runners in this class and that says a lot about this really talented class. He clocked a 4.39 40-yard uh, dash at the combine. He's just like a guy that I really love and I think will have a lot of opportunities, especially with some of the uncertainty around Michael Thomas's health and the ability of Alvin Kamara. So as you mentioned, I like him at Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 1,200.
2: Again, Samantha Praviti joining us on the show right now at Samantha NFL, where you can find her on that, on Twitter here, and again it, within this division, it's funny you mentioned just the you know, the overall media storylines. I'm still a little bitter. I had Dak Prescott comeback player of the year last year. Jeff remembers that minus 160. He was like minus yeah, 10,000, and he loses was, the damn award. To it Joe was Burrow. only
3: automatic until it wasn't.
2: I mean, I literally like you got to understand, Smith. I literally had counted the money towards my bankroll <laughs> in like week 13, and he loses. So you bring it. It kind of opened some sore wounds, but you make a lot of really good points. You mm. have to handicap, you know, the media narrative here. Uh, around around that award specifically, so Winston, you're played about plus 550, and I know you have another pick as well, right? In offensive rookie of the year, you mentioned Olave there at uh, 12 to one. There's another offensive rookie of the year candidate that you're uh, pretty high in as well.
4: Sure. Yeah. So Drake London at plus 800, he gets the top spot on in terms of like rankings for fantasy football and, and dynasty drafts that are happening happening right now. He's the first receiver off the board. It was a little bit surprising that he was the first one, but he is ultra talented, has the build to be an absolute superstar in this league. He was a dual sport athlete for USC, played both football and basketball he's got that basketball type build 64209 he's gonna inevitably create some really interesting defensive mismatches he's a really strong route runner but um what he really has to his benefit aside from being you know a freak Human, he, he he profiles a lot like Mike Evans. If that gives you sort of an idea of what we're dealing with, but um, what he really does have have going for him is the lack of depth on the Falcons. Uh, Calvin no Calvin Ridley, obviously for the entire season. They lost Russell Gage to the Buccaneers during free agency, so he's a guy that's going to right out of the gate have the opportunity to be the number one on someone on on a team. And even if it's if it's just the Falcons, it's still an opportunity for him. So uh, I think that that's definitely good value at plus eight hundred.
3: Samantha let's uh let, let's move to the team that uh, is local for us here in Vegas the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr always seems to be perennially undervalued underrated but you're expecting a massive year for the Raider quarterback.
4: Yes, I literally always say that Derek Carr is perennially underrated. Uh, But yes, I have two things that I like. Um, I like him for MVP at plus 2800. Obviously, Russell Wilson's like the hot name for that. But I think you're getting a lot better value, obviously, uh, with Derek Carr there. And then I also like his passing yards uh, to win the passing yards title at plus 1000. He was fifth in passing yards last season without Devontae Adams, who is You could make a million arguments for him being the best receiver in this league. Um, And that was amid a season with a million and one distractions, obviously, happening with the Raiders. So, um, I mean, it is a popular bet out there. (laughs) Most tickets and most handle at BetMGM are on car. So um, I'm not alone on this island, but I, I certainly think that the Raiders are going to have a fantastic season with him.
2: And even with all that movement, you can still find him, at least at BetMGM right now, 25 to 1. Uh, there on Tara Carr for MVP this season. I love, too, the fact that you're coming on. We're, what, a month out? I think it's 32 days officially. And you've already got NFL <laughs> week one place here, Samantha. So enlighten us with what you've already got down on here. A couple of underdogs you're looking to target there week one of the regular season here in the National Football League.
4: Yes, uh, definitely like some of the underdogs. The, the couple that I like, uh, maybe I'm a little biased, but I'm going to go with Panthers plus one versus Cleveland. I, I just obviously love the rematch narrative. Hopefully Matt Rule gets his head screwed on correctly and Baker Mayfield is obviously the quarterback by then. But um, seriously, it feels like an awesome spot for him to kick off his career as a Panther. Uh, Cleveland's obviously dealing with a myriad of their own problems Uh, it's up in the air what how many games we're going to see Deshaun Watson for but suffice it to say we will not see him for game one so I think that is an awesome spot for the Panthers um I honestly I'm not even sure that the Jaguars are the worst team in this matchup against Washington in week one so I like the Jaguars plus four on the road um I think there's going to be a lot of like post sleeper sort of hype around the Jaguars. Obviously we really thought that like Trevor Lawrence and the in, you know, uh Travis Etienne were going to be really, really a big deal for the Jaguars. Didn't end up having the seasons that we had hoped for, but I think that they're going into the season now super undervalued. So that's where you can kind of find value in that market.
2: All right, Samantha Praviti, so kind to give us a few minutes here on betting across America. Give her a follow at Samantha. NFL thank you so much for the you know the wide variety here plays you're uh, coming on the show giving uh giving out for all of our viewers and listeners first time on the show as well so we really appreciate it Samantha I'm sure we'll be catching up with you soon thanks so much
4: thank you so much
2: all right Jeff he did it by the way Aaron Judge yeah Judge with a big two-run double. 2 two-run double and the first five cardinal bets they go they, down in flames but by, by six, the way six.
3: by the way uh Matt Carpenter was 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 struck out on a pitch that was legitimately four feet outside and the after that, it was second and third with two yeah, outs after the, the judge yeah, double. The, yeah, it's been oh, a uh, been a been wow. a been a rough uh, day for uh, the home plate umpire uh, there because uh, Adam Wainwright was really uh, really jawed with him earlier in the game. Uh, the uh, Bally's Midwest broadcast has had multiple multiple uh, shots of the home plate umpire. Who I'm uh, I, I got to see who who it is
2: uh, behind the plate there and so well, I know Louis Angel, Angel is, Hernandez uh, has been working. Oh, it's Ed Ed Hickox. So there you go. Angel Hernandez has been working the Brewer Series, and it's not exactly been a banner uh, weekend yeah, sure. for that crew either. I realize you're, you're probably oh. shocked to hear that.
3: Also, oh, oh, uh, by the way, Jacob DeGrom's still
2: good. One, two, three, <laughs> top of the first. Brandon Nimmo leads off the bottom of the first with a base hit off. Spencer Strider, 10 pitch at bat. Yeah, that, How's that for a statement? Yeah,
3: that, you know what? This, this whole series has kind of shown what the Mets have been all year, where you just – They match up very well with this Braves team because the Mets starters, even with the Braves having a very good rotation themselves and and a good bullpen, the Mets pitchers are just better. And the Mets lineup has been torturing pitchers all year long, Ben. It's been Been very impressive this weekend. Let's see how this plays out.
2: Talk about a statement. They have made it so far. We'll update the rest of the MLB action when we return and some more NFL talk on the other side.
0: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts.
0: This is Betty to Across America on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, You'll get your stake back in free bets up to $25. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion, then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any Major League Baseball game. If you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada, New York, or Washington, D.C. As we welcome you back, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. With Jeff Parles, I'm Ben Wilson, and we've got some games coming right down to the wire there, Jeff. Uh, That under eight. You survived, survive. barely 7-0 <laughs> final Rays over the Tigers with all seven runs they scored in the uh, top of the ninth inning. Elsewhere, Pirates do knock off the Orioles. is pretty significant dogs there today, 8-1. So the Orioles do win two of three. They don't get the sweep there. Meanwhile, the Rays do take three of four from Detroit. Uh, and in, uh, in news of these, these trade deadline acquisitions, Jeff, coming into pretty big spots, Taylor Rodgers is in now for the Brewers in a 1-1 game top of the eighth. So we, it remains to be seen. They were going to use him in that setup role. The Brewers are after the Josh Hader trade sends Hader to San Diego. Rodgers had just lost the closing role for the Padres now in Milwaukee in a 1-1 game top of the eighth there. And uh, I know we're had a we having a lengthy no, we review in New We got, a, we New got York. a
3: very weird play in, at Queens where it was a slow chopper to second and Adrianza basically it was perfectly right in the baseline and Adrianza Tagged Nimmo with his glove, but the ball was in the bare hand, but the uh, umpire called Nimmo out before Nimmo even had gotten to second. Marte was safe at first. So I, I'm not entirely sure what we have here. Uh the the uh I, I don't know how you can give Nimmo second base when he never made it to second base. That that so, seems like an so, issue. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> well, so what this the umpire is. Well, oh, this is the longest time.
2: baseball explanation of all time. He's out. Somebody's out, and somebody and now Buck oh, Showalter's so, coming out of the dugout. Hey, okay, so
3: Buck's gonna get himself tossed. A there, slightly by the way, orange cause, face because you, can, you, can, you can't argue the challenge, but he's about it. I, I don't know how you could overturn that because he never got the second base. But, again, it's another bang-up <laughs> job by the umpires, who, by the way, are having a great day across baseball. Oh, how about, a, uh, because a, how I've about gotten, just the weekend? I've I mean, gotten multiple texts from people out of St. Louis today basically saying that the robot umpires basically need to come after whatever's oh, happened in St. Man. Louis uh, today. By the way, Aaron Boone got tossed in that game after Carpenter uh, was called out on the pitch that was legitimately five feet outside. Uh, as, all, he,
2: as he should
3: have. Also, the Cardinals have retaken the lead on a Paul DeYoung RBI double. Look sure. at
2: that. 7 6 Look Cardinals bottom of the fifth. By the way, it is now 9 3 Royals and they have the bases loaded. Nobody out bottom of the eighth. So that game has gone over all numbers. It is now 12 1 Phillies in the bottom of the eighth uh, against the Washington Nationals. So absolute uh, demolition. They're going to be a four game sweep there for the Phillies and the Royals are going to take three out of four. From the, uh, from the Boston Red Sox. Only other score updates in some of these late games here. Eugenio Suarez, RBI double, puts the Mariners on top, 1-0 early. Uh, they're over the Angels, top of the third inning right now. And in Oakland, we have a 1-0 lead there for the San Francisco Giants. Jeff, Mike Yastrzemski, 10th home run of the year. Solo shot off Adrian Martinez in the top of the third. And then Christian Walker, who's sneakily had a really good year, Jeff. 26th home run for Arizona, two-run shot off of uh, Julio Urania, and it is uh, looking at it now two nothing. Sorry, Jose Urania two nothing Arizona in the bottom of the second. Miami has also taken a three nothing lead on the Cubs there in the bottom of the sixth after a pretty significant rain delay on the north side of Chicago. Jacob Stallings and Peyton Burdick with the two home runs. Go figure if you had that one.
3: But, Jeff. by the way, Jeff Nelson, the umpire, letting Buck go on for a long time.
2: Maybe he, like, because maybe no, he
3: I, I, th- I, we don't have audio. I have to, I'll have to text my dad, who's obviously watching the game in in New Jersey. I, I have to imagine that that was basically that Nelson admitted he screwed up the call, but they couldn't but overturn it for one week. We, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I, again, that's uh, it's kind of one of those weird ones where again, Nimmo never got to the bag. Never got there because of the the being ruled out
2: before incorrectly on the field, erroneously ruled out of the so baseline.
3: So very yeah. strange play, very very well, strange play. Braves uh, catch a break there. So, uh, but that was also like a twelve minute delay
2: because of a replay. <laughs> hey as man, well. I'll t- I got my first five under. I'll I'll take it. I'll take ridiculous <laughs> ra- ump shows uh, today. Uh, Spencer Strider get one out there bo- at bottom of the first with a runner on first base right now. All right, we did confidence meter earlier, Jeff, talking college football, some of these top teams, just in the wake of, and thanks, by the way, to Samantha Praviti for joining us on the show, giving out her favorite NFL plays in the futures market this year. Let's talk divisions and, uh, and some of your confidence meter as it stands right now. Talked about your team earlier as well, Jeff, the New York Jets. So let's go right there. Buffalo Bills, 1-10 to 10 yeah. confidence meter on Buffalo to win the AFC East. Where do you stand on I, I I would
3: go 8.5. I think it's pretty high. Pretty high that Buffalo is going to win this division. I'm surprised they're not. Mike, minus 250 to win the division across the board. I'm a little surprised at that. Uh, You're seeing minus 220. That is up from a few weeks ago. It was minus 190 before training camp. Now, minus 220. Uh, But minus 250 probably is the right price. Minus even 300 on Buffalo. They're just a lot better than everyone else is in that division. And they are built to win in the regular season. The one concern with the Bills is you have two. Actually, two concerns. How much of a hangover effect from what happened last week year in the final game. How much does that impact them? And their front end of the schedule is really tough. So they could actually, if they lose, if they lose week one in LA, they could be in a scenario where, all right, you know what? They have to, they have to win maybe a game that would be a little more tougher to win. They have to beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Might have to win in Miami, even though I think they'll win in Miami. They may have to beat Kansas city Again in the regular season in KC, so there are. It's a difficult schedule for Buffalo, so I, I would I would say uh, I, I would say the Bills are still going to win this division because I don't think anyone else behind mm. them is good enough. The Jets aren't good enough yet to make r- really any noise other than maybe win seven eight games. New England, I think again, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are one of those two is going to be the offensive play caller in New England. It's we not a recipe for success. We still have
2: no idea who that is yeah, going to be. It's
3: not a recipe for success regardless of who it is. And Miami, I just um, there's only so much you're going to be able to pro- improve for Miami and also too. Everyone's treating Mike McDaniel like Mike McDaniel is going to be great. We have no clue what Mike McDaniel is going to be as a head coach. He might be great, he might be terrible. Guys never called plays in the NFL. So yeah, eight and a half for
2: Buffalo. Like I, I find myself with reservations on all, all 10 first-year head coaches, I, even that, even though fair. the situation's very fair. wildly. Like, I don't, just because, like, you know, the whole narrative, like, on Josh McDaniels, just because the guy is back for redemption and learned from his mistakes. I mean, those mistakes, Jeff, were a decade and a half ago, and they were it was as bad of a stretch as you could ever have as a head coach when he was in Denver. So spare me with the... Oh well, the guy definitely learned his lesson. So, like you know, you, you get a second chance, and he's definitely uh, ready to go here. At least for those coaches who are in second stints. Now, obviously, anytime you have the true first-year head coach, like we have in, in so many of these situations in the NFL, you'll you'll have your concerns there. Uh, none of none of those first-year head coaches, though, uh, Jeff, outside of one, lead a team who are favorites to win their division, and that one is in Tampa Bay. I know we just were talking last segment about NFC South. So with a years. $3 favorite the, your largest favorite to win any division in Tampa Bay. Just in general, you would you would think Jeff your confidence meter would be the highest because of the price there, but is that really the case for you on Tampa this year? $3 favorite to win the NFC South. I mean the price is 100% right. Uh,
3: who Probably else in that is. division unless if again, I'm concerned with New Orleans because losing Sean Payton is a ginormous deal. Because we saw Dennis Allen as a head coach in this league, didn't go well. Now I know that Raider those Raider teams had no talent. But it still was pretty inept, from what we saw as Allen as a head coach. And I know most of that. Uh, most of that, uh, that 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 coaching staff is still intact in New Orleans. But Tampa's just so much better. And also, by the way, Tom Brady's still there. Tom Brady. I don't care how old he is, is still going to be good to great uh, at the quarterback position for the Buccaneers. They're just so much better than everyone else. Uh, they're, they're going to win that division, assuming Tom Brady finishes
2: the season upright. Of the eight divisional favorites this year, which team do you want? No part of Jeff heading into this season.
3: Okay. So eight divisional favorites are Buffalo. Make sure I'm just getting this Bills, Ravens, Buffalo, Baltimore, Colts, Indianapolis, Kansas City, and the AFC. Okay. And then the NFC is Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. The one that I had the least confidence in of winning their division based off the favorites is Kansas City.
2: And I think that's fair. Because I that's think the, it, mo- it, it, the it's, deepest, most loaded division, at least the perception is, of it, the it, it's, K-
3: it's Kansas City. Now, Minnesota has the highest variance to me of anyone in the league in the North. So it wouldn't shock me if Minnesota beats out Green Bay and wins the North. It also wouldn't shock me if Green Bay wins the division by five games again.
2: I mean, how many years in a row have people been, been banging <laughs> on the Minnesota it, Vikings it, drum? It, it seems a little different this year, though, because, again, that the high variance. If O'Connell is really good out of
3: the gate as a head coach, then yeah, they can do it. But if McConnell's average, Green Bay's going to win it. All right,
2: Confidence meter. We love it. College and pros. We still have one more hour still to go, though. Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. MGM will update all the scores when we return.